Spin Cat Podcast with your boys, AJ and DJ. You know how we rock, man. We always bring the noise. Thanks for listening to another one. Enjoy the show and go green. Man, it's been a while, but we're back. Yeah, we had to take a week and a half or so off, you know, let everyone catch up on those last three episodes, yeah. allow ourselves to digest some pretty awesome sports the last week, man. It's been pretty good, you know, hottest time of the year. Hot, man, hottest time of the year. We got a lot going on. We got baseball, we got NFL, we got the UFC coming back. Hockey and NBA are starting up. Man, that hockey team, the Red Wings, those young kids came to play. They got, man, they got probably one of the brightest young lines in that line one in the entire that, league, man. That line one. Raymond's is, been awesome. Raymond at 19, too. Kid's been great. Larkin's doing what he does, staying healthy. And the biggest part of it, those guys take no shit from nobody. And I think that's the biggest thing that they've been trying to get these last couple of years is that toughness out. But as you can see from game one to where they are now, those Red Wings aren't taking your shit. They're not going to be pushed around. Yeah, the intensity on the ice is something they really need to bring to as a team that's growing and as a team that's young. You know, to see them bring this intensity, it's, it's a big positive, man. Detroit hockey is looking good. Detroit hockey is looking good. But you want to know who's not looking good? So we're going to give you guys a little little introduction today. We're not gonna, we're gonna touch one topic very deep, but we're gonna breeze over a couple things. But you wanna know who's not looking good? It's a couple people in the NBA, man. James mm. Harden in this rule change is I think that yeah, might be the biggest that? surprise. I think that might be the biggest surprise in the league, but I don't think it was. I mean James Harden's inability to actually score the basketball without shooting 15 free throws a game has to be talked about a little bit. And what's With he them down every score offense, in the first week? I think three, four, I think three attempts. or four. I mean, mm. and we're seeing that you know the effects on his not only his game but his end of game box sheet. It's not you know it's not I mean, as electric I mean, shooting, as we see. I mean, he's shooting actually thirty percent. I think his true shooting percentage is like thirty thirty percent. I mean, it's bad. I mean, it's and that's what that's why I think everyone really needed to realize that James Harden was really just a massive free throw shooter. I think they said this is the first time since twenty eleven. He's going five games without shooting more than five free throws in a single game. So I think this rule change, we knew it would affect the way offenses were played, and I think we all knew it would affect James Harden the hardest, but none of us saw this. Not this drastically and this quick. It's, it's very bad. I just don't know what they anticipate on doing about it. And I think this – think this. Well, was he's going to have to adapt. That's I what think he's going to have to do about it. This was the Nets' biggest fear with the entire Kyrie situation if James Harden didn't show up to play. You knew what you were going to get out of Kevin, Kevin Durant, but James Harden struggling, this was their biggest fear if you, yeah. were Nets, if you were the Nets' front office. I mean, thankfully for them, they have the other big team in the East doing the same kind of – having the same kind of issues in Philadelphia. I it's, mean, it's not looking good in the Eastern Conference in this first week of basketball. I mean, the only team looking good in the Eastern Conference is the can can we say it? I mean, Charlotte did something right. I mean, you got Miles Bridges averaging almost thirty a game. You did got they Lamella. do something right? Because I think they're about to let that go, man. 
And he's got something to say about it, not getting that I mean, contract. His first four <laughs> games, I think he only scored under 31 times. So I think, Man. I mean, Lamelo is doing what Lamelo did. I think that I think that that Hornets team is giving teams problems. I mean, another team that's looking really bad though in the East is Boston. I think their inability to, as I projected, I mean, their defense is okay. I think Williams is leading the league in blocks, but their offense, it's just it's they need more behind Tatum with Tatum. It's just that simple. Well, well, Tatum and Brown have been doing what those two do. I think. Not, I think honestly, their biggest mistake is not picking up Lonzo Ball in the offseason. I think that plays a big part in why they aren't looking good paying Marcus Smart all that money and not getting a reliable actual point guard or third score. Well, he's he's a defensive player, he's not going to do anything on the offense. But then his defense, his, his defensive numbers aren't as good as they used to be, and, and that's that's just, where the issue lies. And that's what it is you pay him all this that money, in fact, he's not doing anything for you. You know, they've they made a lot of mistakes, I think, especially like you, you know, just pointed with the backcourt. And speaking of Lonzo Ball, that might that obviously leads me into my sleeper team and my, you know, hot team of the week. The, those Bulls, man, they're looking good. They're electric. 4-0 start first time since the late 90s. It's good to see. Yeah, man, that's look. I mean, it, I mean, it's crazy. It's, it, it's, it's crazy how good that team looks. And it just it's, it's showing just a couple things that. We one we have never seen from those guys before. I mean, we've seen it in those Bulls teams, but this Bulls team is just so well rounded, and we're seeing the growth of Lonzo. We're I was seeing, just gonna say that's the main thing I've seen. We're seeing Demar Lonzo Ball. I mean, you're seeing the veteran leadership of Demar Derozan on the court. I mean, and just the shot selection and Zach Levine not having to play hero ball for 82 games. All those things really matter. And of course, you know that amazing center they got. Yeah, I mean, Vuce, they're, Vuce, they're foreign, foreign exchange, as I like to call him. He's amazing, and he just blossoms when he has talent around him. It's their best player. I mean, it's it's, it's I mean, it's, it's it looks really good. I mean, Patrick Williams is coming along very well for them. I think those guys just those yeah, guys see how the coaching I, goes and see how their season goes. But right now, they're looking good. I mean, out in the West, you got the Warriors. I mean, Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things. I think, man, I just I can't really. What he's in year whatever, and I still cannot wrap my head around this dude, and how he continues to change games. It's I think that's insane. A, I think that's a great. I think that I think that's the biggest thing. I think the big thing that a lot of people need to realize is his first couple years in the league, he sat behind Monte Ellis. I think a lot of people tend to forget that, and he so, played under Baron Davis and Baron Davis. Davis's end of his tenure, you know he. And I think a lot of people need to. Thing. I think that a lot of people need to realize not having those miles on his legs is becoming really good, and it's giving a lot of teams. I mean, it's getting a lot of teams problems. And I think when Clay comes back, I think is really going to be one of the more interesting times in the league. Yeah, I expect them to get back into the hunt there in the West. I the West is popping though. I mean, it's they they got it rolling. I think Andrew Wiggins, I think he ends up – I think they got to do something with Wiggins. I think that's just – he just doesn't he's fit. He's just not – he's not a piece for what they need, I think. He's not a number two scorer that they want him to be. And it's crazy to say a guy who averages 20 a game for his career isn't a number two or number one scorer. But you can tell, like, in those – Not in that offense, though. And that offense is just – it's really – they play a really weird lineup and things. I think Wiseman still didn't take the steps forward they needed. But if Steph's doing all the carrying – and he gets Clay back, and I think cleaning Clay back helps Draymond more than a lot of people know, because that way Draymond can go back to facilitating. He doesn't have to worry about trying to score. I think it's a lot of things. 
Yeah, when he has less off his back, he he really blossoms. You know, when it comes to the changing the game, when he's like that main player that they're looking forward to. Not that he he can't do, put him on his back, but Draymond he needs to be that third guy in order to really hit his horizons. And Clay Clay coming back does you know things all around for that team. I think they're going to really get together. They're going to get better throughout the year. Speaking about getting better, dude, how about Morant? Jai, leading the league in scoring already. I think, I, think, start. I, I think Memphis, I think a healthy Jaron Jackson helps them a lot. I think that's probably the biggest thing. He got paid, because, too. He's a, yeah, health, he he's a healthy uh, wish guy. I mean, yeah, I think I think that's really big for them. I think Xavier Tillman down there. I mean, Desmond Bain. I mean, I like that young core down there. I mean, I, I like what they can do. I still wish they were in the East and not the West, though. I think that's yeah. their only downfall. And then you got teams like – and then another young team, you got Atlanta, and Atlanta's doing really well. John Collins got a max contract. So, I mean, you got a lot of different pieces moving around. I really like John Collins. I mean, John Collins. I mean, Kevin Herter. And then now they're, now Cam Reddish is getting opportunities that he needs. And I think Cam Reddish was one of those guys who needed to sit for a year or two. So, I enjoy Atlanta. And he played really good towards the latter part of the year last year. Especially I, in the playoffs. Reddish especially did. in the playoffs. Yeah. Killer Cam was great in the playoffs. So, I think it's – it's a lot of moving pieces, and I think we, we really need to see it. I mean, it's, it's we're four or five games in, so I think the oh, Lakers. Oh, it's early, man. But the Lakers, the Lakers I mean, everyone's talking about how they're old. I mean, I think they just need to learn how to play together. I think yeah, you, at the you, same time, though, we gave that team so much hype. I mean, excuse me, everyone's so amazed with Westbrook, and they wind him on the Lakers. Laker fans wind him so bad, but in reality, he, he's really not doing a whole lot for them. But at the same time, Anthony Davis is playing awful. You know, he, he saw that top 75 and was like, whoa, I'm not supposed to be on that. I think and the bigger issue – I think the biggest issue is they got to – I don't know why they play Russ and Rondo together. I don't like that lineup. I think that's that, – It's that's terrible. A, like, what is – But I think you saw Russ's value in the games that LeBron hasn't played. I think that's the real reason – That's the real reason Russ is there. Russ is there to give AD and LeBron those breaks because Russ is going to play hard for 82 games. LeBron and LeBron and AD tend to miss a few games during the season. LeBron, because of age, AD just always has the neck injury. So if you can have somebody take that off of them during the season, and then you've got the kid, Austin Reeves, and it's been – I mean, he's been great this year, honestly. He's one of those rookies who I did not think was going to play. He's undrafted free agent, and that guy's balling. And The big thing with Westbrook, given you know what he's given to the Lakers is the rebounding and obviously the assist the his, assist his, you know ferocity on the boards is what is big and his intensity too I think they just got to start figuring out lineups but I was yeah. um Gilbert Arenas was talking about it he was saying the Lakers got so many players they just need to start trying lineups just to see how the other team is going to react and yeah I think and, and Rondo that, Westbrook isn't is already a skip so it's yeah skip I, that. I just don't do know one. but I mean a lineup that has LeBron, Melo, AD at the one, two, and three. And then at the four and five, you put DeAndre and Dwight. That's I honestly awesome. forget Melo is there. And I think that's good, though. I think is he dressing? Melo's been playing very well. I mean, he's had he's a couple years. Wow, that completely went across my airwave. Okay. But, I mean, you still got to think Trevor – their rotation's not slick because Trevor Reese is still hurt. Tate Horace Tucker's still hurt. So it's a couple things that – Losing Horton Tucker was actually a big deal, I think. Especially when we see their backcourt right now. We you know, he they usually want, plays three. They really need that youth. That youth is really going to help them, especially come playoff time. And then they need guys that can create their own shots. 
Taylor Horton Tucker, Mello, those are guys that thrive in one-on-one basketball. So I think that's why they need those kind of guys back. So I think they got a mix. I think Malik Monk was a very underrated pickup, and I think that's going to pay off very much so. Yeah, I actually thought he should have stayed in Charlotte. He's a I don't good know. player to have watching, if you know how to use him, you know how to use well, his watching the offense way, efficiency. Watching the way Charlotte plays, they got a lot of those, they got a lot of guys his exact that play his exact same style. So that's why I kind of wasn't too big that mad that he left because they got a lot of guys in Charlotte. And I mean, Charlotte has a front court and a back court log gym without stars, which is something you don't want to have. You got a bunch of guys who kind of can play, but you don't have a bunch of guys you really want to play. And they might have a star though, and that that can lead us to our next topic, our father of the decade. Man, he's I mean, got he's got two kids. You know, we're talking about we're talking Mr. about big baller. We're talking Levar about ball. Lavar Ball has two. Both of his sons are leading their team to first and second place in the East. I think everyone in the sports world owe Lavar Ball apology. I think the fact that he was he was vilified. I think this season he's going to be vindicated. I think they're going to really show exactly what he really did. And he bet on his boys, man, and they are hitting the lottery. I mean, LaMelo is – he's literally getting better, and he, he's just going to continue to get better. And, and he's motivated. He, you know, he, he's got work ethic. You know, we didn't see that. You know, that was a big reason why I degraded, you know, any possibility of him being big when he was a 16-, 17-year-old because of the work ethic, you know. And even his, you know, his, his brain on the court. The dude is smart on the court. He's a smart basketball player. I mean, he might not know him, the capital of Ohio, but he's a smart <laughs> basketball player. I mean, and, and the biggest thing is his court vision, and I think that's why <laughs> that's why it makes no sense that they didn't pay Miles Bridges because Miles Bridges knows mm. how to get open. That's why I didn't. Why wouldn't you keep his running mate? Like, out of you got Kelly. I mean, they got some really weird team. They got some really weird players on that roster. You got Gordon Hayward. Bridges could be the most improved player of the year if he can keep this up. I think he will be. I think. I think it's yeah. very. I think it's very. Is, but I think Charlotte. I mean, I think they. If they. If they. I think if they paid, they were scared. Bridge was going to be a bust, and that's why they went and got Ubre, and that's why they went and got Gordon Hayward, and I think that was a mistake, because now you're going to lose Bridges in the off season because he's going to be. I believe he's. I believe he's a restricted free agent, but I don't think they're going to have the cast right. to resign him. No, and I think eventually they're going to have to look at putting some money away to pay LaMelo because he's just going to keep rising. And LeVar, LeVar told us, you know, he told us that these dudes were going to keep balling. And we, you know, we're speaking so highly of LaMelo, but how, how can we keep off Lonzo? I mean, Lonzo, what he is doing as a professional. Lonzo needs to be in one of those mid markets. He didn't, he didn't need to be in LA because the pressure was too big there. And then that just wasn't a good fit. Like when we were talking, everyone was talking about it. L.A. was never a good fit for Lonzo. New Orleans was a good fit, and I don't know why they let him go because you see that team now, and that New Orleans team is really bad. But him being in Chicago, which is a still, a, which is a very large market team, but it is. But really- he's not a number one or anything, so he's just he he fits perfectly. And he, the same with UCLA. UCLA was a big school, you know they're. In the pack, they're the you know a big school, and he fit in perfectly. He was with some other stars, and it was perfect for him. And now we're seeing that with Chicago. I mean, well, he might be the third best player if you think about it, but he's going to play like the he's playing like the best. And when he's not counted on the score, I think that's the biggest thing. But then now that he's improved his shot, 
Lonzo improving his shot and being able to take a make a mid range jump shot. It's improving is an understatement. Like his his shot is 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 really really. I mean, it's night and day from the day he was drafted to today. There is Lonzo couldn't, based on the way he was shooting and his form, he couldn't take a mid range jump shot the way he can now. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Levar. We're on, you know, on spitting cap. We're gonna give him some love, man, because he betted on his boys and he hit the money. He hit the jackpot. So shout out to the balls. Keep, keep grinding. It's, it's gonna be a fun season in the NBA. Yeah. Really speaking, and speaking of jackpot, let's talk about the mattress king and that World Series with the Astros. Oh, classic, baby. The Astros and the Atlanta Braves. So what happened? I mean. The Dodgers just – they spent all that money and just didn't show up. I mean, that's really the only way you can really put it. They yeah, didn't they show, show and, up. And, and, the they... Bra- and the Braves wanted it more. That's really what happened. The Braves wanted it more. I mean, the Dodgers, to have to have Chris Taylor save them in a the game, I think should have let a lot of people know they weren't going to come to play. Because in that in that NLCS, it's so bad because – no, none of the Dodgers stars showed up. I mean, Mookie Best became a defensive liability in the NLC. Mookie was awful throughout this playoff. Awful. See, he was great in that first series. He was great. He was great. He was Kyle. okay. He was. I mean, he made that amazing throw to third. You know, right? He made. He had a few gems in the outfield, but he, he across you know entire playoff, he's been he was batting terrible. Terrible. I mean, Cody had a down year because I think he was just so good last year. I think it was kind of just a regression. It was returning to the middle ground, but I think that I think the loss of Max Muncie really isn't talked about enough, and then Turner being injured. I think those two guys being hurt isn't talked about enough, and then the Dodgers not fully investing in playing small ball and letting Trey Turner get a couple extra at bats. You know, letting Trey Turner pinch hit. I think them not being willing to play small ball doesn't. And I think the biggest thing that we got to really talk about, really got to show love to is the fact that the Braves pitching staff showed up. That was something unexpected. Shout out to Morton. Shout Probably. out to Morton, man. Not only was his first three starts across the playoffs amazing, a veteran, you know, I think he's 37, Charlie Morton. Not only that, but he, he goes and breaks his fibula and throws damn near two innings off of it. And like strikes straight out up baller to get his boys. Jose Altuve on a broken leg. I mean, what hey. more can we say? I mean, what I mean, you know, that entire staff was just superb, but even more superb than that was this lineup in Atlanta, man. Eddie Rosario was amazing. Freddie Freeman got his thing grooving. You know Eddie how Rosario, he gets Eddie Rosario. I still don't. I don't think you can. No one can 22 stop hits him. he has. No one can stop him. I mean, he's had multi hit games, I think, in every game that he's played in. I mean, it's just he's unstoppable. Dan looked great defensively. I mean, let's not forget about Freddie Freeman. And then you got Jack Peterson, and Jack Tober with the pearls, man. And and I think I think Atlanta has that confidence. Atlanta has that confidence. And yeah. I and I think that's that's the scary part about it. Atlanta being this confident is really scary for a lot of guys because. But so is Houston, and that's what I mean. I know I I feel like game one and game two was really, eh, light. You know, it wasn't too exciting, and I was surprised by that. But I I still think this series gets gets really, you know, tuned up, fiery, because Houston's – that lineup, I mean, and guys like Carrera and Altuve, they just – they get, they feel a different way in October. Like, and then, and and then they're got, probably sick of y'all, y'all talking. Well, but. 
You got Kyle Tucker. You have Alvarez. Tucker might be the playoff MVP. You got a lot of guys in the, in those lineups that just it, it just doesn't make any sense. But I think the biggest thing that we got to I think the biggest thing for the MLB playoffs, and we've talked about this, pace of play has to improve. I don't know. Yeah. I, the MLB has to be watching this. I mean, a five hour Monday night game, the World Series that started. It's, too like, much. it's, it's just. Like yes, baseball is America's pastime, but on a weekday, you got five hours of baseball. I mean, last night was the fastest game. I think it was four and a half hours. So I think pace of play is something baseball. I think maybe going to seven innings. I know that sounds sacrilegious to a lot of baseball fans, but at the end of the day, when you really see what we're here dealing with, you cannot do this. You you cannot. If if you really the, the attention span of the American people is so short now, that's the issue with it. It's not exactly. that people don't love baseball. People just don't. If you want ratings and things like that, and then baseball doesn't allow their stars to really be stars. I mean, you got all these unwritten rules and things like that. So a lot of people have been turned off from baseball. And it's just baseball has to – their marketing team is terrible. That's really the entire point about it. If you open up your mind on the seven-inning thing, in reality, that's going to do them better ratings and because it's, it's going to make better ball games. I mean, it really moves. is if you think about it, because not only does it quicken the tempo, quicken the pace of of the games, but it makes it more electric when you have less time to get the win. I mean, I think it would be a good move for baseball to at least ponder. I mean, they got to ponder something after some of these games we're seeing, man. I mean, are they are they fun? Sure, but when you start hitting four or five hours, it's just. I mean, think too about much. think about how many people didn't watch Chris Taylor's performance that game. Yeah, I I, I didn't. I watched his first two at-bats, and then I was gone. And then he goes and hits two more home runs. So it's I don't like it. I don't like the, the five hours. I don't like the pace right now. I know they, they feel like they made a lot of rules in the last three years, last three off-seasons, changing, you know, making the pitching changes quicker and all this other stuff. But I think in you reality, gotta, I, it hasn't really done a whole lot. I think you got to. I think the pitch clock has to come into play. I think that's Certainly. really what it is. I, I think having a minute, two minutes in between pitches, is getting to a point where it's just it. It's just unsustainable for baseball to survive at the level that they want to survive at. They have to become better at marketing, and and they, they should. Have- they should put a little clock on the very top part of the you know the outer part behind the catcher of the cage. That maybe you know sixty five to seventy five seconds, and it starts ticking down each pitch for the pitcher. Something you know, I I think that actually might be a good route to go, because it limits these. You know, we were seeing some of these pitching changes are just, you know, pitching between batters. It was I think we had like four forty minute innings in this past series, and that's it's crazy. So bad. Like, that's not going to get ratings, and it's not going to – this game is at the potential of getting hot again, like getting as known as it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. You got young superstars. You got a lot of good ball clubs, not as many shitty ball clubs as we've seen in the past. The game is doing good right now, but that pace and these these uh, length of games, it's not going to help you jump over that that next step. Baseball, you got to do something. I know you got the worst commissioner in the world, but got to do something. 
Like that's the thing. Like, if, like I think that's the bigger issue. Is baseball commissioner is just terrible. Like he should not be. It, it doesn't make any sense. I strongly baseball hat like it doesn't make any sense. Like for it does for what also didn't make any sense. I don't want to rant real quick, but why was everyone not Red Sox cheating? I mean, even when they were playing Houston, everyone's like. Yo, screw Houston. Let's go Red Sox. Blah blah blah. Y'all forget I, I about brought, like, 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 We all every but everyone just forgot about the Red Sox doing the exact same thing. They're mad. Yeah. Alex Cora getting fi- Alex Cora getting fired. Like he got suspended for that year. Like everyone just kind of wiped it off. No one talked about it. They, and like, no one talked. The crazy part no about one it talked is that about thing. Alex Carrera being a straight up jackass. This dude over here acting like he wasn't part of nothing. I, that's like the worst part of what's going on. Well, they they act like they weren't a part of the scandal because that's who got Car- that's what got Carlos Beltran fired. Like everyone does, everyone just kind of forgot. Like when it's the Red Sox, and well, you know, like we got the inside. Like I just don't, I cannot stand the back and forth. It just doesn't make any sense. Like Boston and the Yankees so do no wrong. It's so hypocritical. I mean, these Boston fanatics and even anyone who tries to watch Boston sports. Y'all are straight up wacko, man. Like, what? Come but, on. I mean, Y'all cheat us too, man. That's but, it. I mean, all right, man. Let's talk about what really matters. So, this weekend, this Saturday, and next Saturday, you got back-to-back numbered pay-per-view events. But this weekend's card, Dana White said, you know what? I'm tired of you guys. This one's for free. And we're going to thank Dana for that because I was going to say, I think we are sitting here pretty damn happy with that because this weekend's card. I mean, this could be one of those cards that you could charge extra for. You really could make a case that you could charge extra for because I think the only fight that people really don't care about is the main event, which is crazy to say. Like this main event. I mean, the storyline's great, but people are like, eh. We might not care about it, but and that's actually good. It probably makes the main event more electric, so I'm okay with that. But, I mean, up and down this card, we got a lot of great matchups. But I think one fight we need to start with is the return of Hamza Shemaya. I think we really got to talk about this one because Hamza, I mean, what he did last year. How would you say his name? It's Hamza Shemaya. Hamza? I always call him Kamzat. Jeez. See, the same way people call it Khabib, and it's actually Habib. See, these are the things. Pronunciation. I do the get Russians, that one right. Though. The Russians are here. We got to learn how to pronounce their name. If this K-H, if it's K-H, the K doesn't exist. That's what we have to learn. So I obviously, you know, especially in your perspective, I have not been quiet with my feelings towards Shy Maeve. I just, I haven't. I don't, I think he's a fluke. I think he's full of shit. I think he does a lot of running, a lot of talking, and now he's luckily finally able to prove. And, and I said the same thing about Sean O'Malley too. So I, you know, if the boy knocks out the leech, who is it, the perfect competitor? I think he knocks this, out the leech. I'm sure I change, but I think this is crazy. I think the UFC matchmaking is one of the wilder systems of matchmaking, simply because, like, usually, like, let's say this was boxing. If you get a year off in boxing, you're gonna go get a bum. UFC doesn't do those bums, those comeback warm up fights. Like, well, they shouldn't with how he's been talking. He's well, over I mean, here saying he'll take the head off of any chicken on the planet. He needs to be fighting the best. That's the one thing that I've been shouting for. And, so, and I, I think, I think, finally, 
I think I think that bout with COVID, I think, that, I think that really hurt him. I think if he gets through the leech, if he stops and finishes the leech after what he just did to Ponzinibbio in his last fight, that could statement. be that this is going to be a statement. And I think he gets any top 10 opponent. I think actually he fights the Sente Luque next. Oh, jeez, dude. What? No, the dude's not even ranked. Luke gets Luke's at the top of the ladder. He was just he was just scheduled to fight the number three guy in the world before that entire. This guy hasn't fought in over a year. He retired. He literally retired. Same thing we just said about shit. Leon Edwards. We just said about Leon Edwards, except Chimaev sells pay per view and Leon couldn't sell a paper bag. Well, that I don't know if he's selling anything yet. He's got to get in that cage and he's got to fight a big opponent and he's lined up to change these things to prove you right, prove your statement right. But he's I mean, got to do it. Because I mean, the leech I, is no I, fluke. The, I mean, because the leech is ranked. Leech has got a number next to his name. He's worked hard. The leech has had some ups. He's and downs. coming off a crappy loss too. I think he's got a lot of remorse in him. He does. I mean, he had. It, it was just. It was just weird. But I think you know one fight that I forgot was even on this card was Alexander Volkov against Marcin Tybora. I forgot Volkov was on this card. Yeah, Volkov it's a very been, low or under. Excuse me, underrated banger. That could be a banger. Volkov Noisy. really Volkov really should be fighting Derek Lewis again because they need to figure out the number one contender in this division. Because Isn't Volkov, Volkov coming off a loss though? No, Volkov is coming off a win, I believe. Yeah, yes, Volkov is coming off a loss to Cyril Gan, I believe. Yeah, so I mean it's not terrible. I mean, because Tibera's been looking good. So let's see how they fight. Let's see the matchup. If he if he d- does them quick, then that's big for Volkov. I think he fights Derek then Lewis. He's up there. I think they. I think he fights. If it, if it comes quick, he fights Derek Lewis for the end of the year. Or no, Derek Lewis already has a fight booked. But I Ooh, think, guess I think, who? Um, the firefighter from Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, that's right, Dawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he that's has a fight a booked. That's gonna be a great fight. And then the fight that we both need, the fight that really the MMA world needs, because we're tired of hearing this name, Islam Magachev against Dan the Hangman Hooker. I mean, man, hook, could you, hangman's could, a bad man, dude. Could you ask one for a better fight? Two, it's free. And three, Islam needs to prove because I'm tired of hearing Khabib. Habib. I'm tired of hearing Daniel Cormier. I'm tired of hearing Luke Rock. I'm tired of hearing everyone from AKA talk about Islam in such high regards. And we haven't seen it. He's, he's bringing Hasbullah to the, to the fight. Islam has to show up. And if you're asking me as a betting man who I'm taking, I'm taking the hangman. The hangman's been in these moments. The hangman wants to get back to the mountaintop. He took this fight on short notice. He didn't care. He ha- he can't go home. He wouldn't have been home for the last six months. So if you're telling me that I'm supposed to believe Islam is just this next great guy, Khabib said he's going to be the next champion, I don't care. The hangman is going to run through him, and that's just what it is. Because the in the hangman's last fight, he wrestled. He out wrestled one of you guys from the mountains over there, and he said, "No, I'm gonna take you now, and I'm gonna hold you there." If Islam cannot get Dan Hooker down, this fight doesn't matter. Who stands and strikes with Dan Hooker? Paul Felder found that out the hard way. Damn straight. And short notice, it, you know, this isn't a thirty day, a month short notice, brother. This is. 10 day less short notice against a man that everyone is just straight up raving about. They got his name all in their head thinking he's dominant, even though he, like you pointed out, he hasn't faced anyone. Now he's got his match. 
He's facing a man. When you don't go, when you take a fight to not see your family for the rest of the year, you, you mind with gold on the mind, gold on the line, straight up. And I think he beats Islam too. I really do. This is Islam's chance. It's his chance. People are, people are talking about, you know, Islam. They say nobody wants to fight Islam. But, I mean, Islam's fights, I mean, there's a lot of – I mean, he's getting finishes, but there's a lot of decisions. And, I mean, the finishes he's getting, they aren't against the top quality opponents. That's the thing. Like, he looked – finish your thing, sorry. So, so, against Tiago Moises, it took him – if he's this top quality, top prospect, why did he go to the fourth round before he finished Tiago Moises? Why didn't he, why did he finish Drew Dober in the third round? If he's this next great champion, you cannot be getting to these later rounds with these guys. And we saw him against Dober's. You know, everyone raves about his Dagestan wrestling and his grappling. Is I don't think he can do that against Hooker. Not to the extent I, I, that we've seen him in his W's. Like he's not gonna be able of- to do that. He's gonna be challenged. And and think about this. The only person that can stand and strike with Dan Hooker has been has and won realistically has been um has, has been the champion or the or the un, the uncrowned champion has been Dustin Poirier. So that's what I mean. It's very yeah big. because Michael Chandler's win over Hooker. Not that it was a fluke or nothing, but when you look at Hooker as a fighter and, and the way he was defending, that man was shell shocked. He didn't know what hit him. So and when you actually are in a war yeah, when you watch Hooker fight, what you notice is Hooker takes a second to get started. Hooker's the first round is usually just very he's probing a lot in that first round. That first round he's doing a lot of probing, so that's right. why that's why the pressure from Chandler looked a little bit weird. And I think well, that's usually <laughs> his opponents do the same because of his length and. You know his the way he fights. That's why Chandler. It was such a great W because he said, "Screw that! I'm going in. I'm finishing him." Blah blah blah. Hooker was shell shocked. That does not mean that this man is done, and it doesn't mean that he can't be right back with him. And he proves that. He proves it on Saturday. He really does. I I know I've been wrong lately. <laughs> I got think I think I got this one right. I think you got this one right. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. The Hangman's a problem. Islam, you better show up. Islam's got to do his job, man. That's just all. That's just the bottom line. If Islam is this great prospect that everyone wants, and he's supposed to be fighting for a title, which I just don't see it. I see the potential, but oh, it's definitely possible. But he's got but a big I, test now. But this Finally. is a big. This is a big test. This is a Dan Hooker's not the one to play. You can't stand and strike with Dan Hooker. And you can't take your time with Dan Hooker. Because once Dan Hooker starts landing combinations and starts feeling good, and now he's mixing in those knees, I mean, you've seen his only loss, he got head kick. What does Dan Hooker like to do? Knees and head kicks. So this is a terrible, terrible matchup for Islam. If Islam can make it past this challenge, then everything could be been DC say or true. If he cannot make it past Dan Hooker, which I don't think he can. I don't care. I just don't think he's ready for this kind of fight. Not not in the moment that we're in. Not with Hooker doing this on 10-day notice. Not seeing his family. Just hungry for gold and redemption 
from losing to Chandler. This is a scary opponent for Islam. And away from those factors, Hooker's range and size. We've seen Hooker defend takedowns. Like, he, he is capable of it. Not and only that, but we just, with the range. And we, we've also seen Hooker can fight off of his back like no other. Hooker is not – he's just not the one to play with. He's not. Straight up. Islam, it's going, it might be a, a frightening Halloween for you, brother. Because the hangman is coming to and Abu you, Dhabi. And if you lose in front of Hasbullah, I think he's going to disown you. So he really needs to Hasbullah might challenge him right there on the spot and handle back-to-back L's. Completely retire him. You can't disrespect him in his first appearance in you know in the Octagon Arena. But, hey, he's going to be a Dan Hooker fan. I really believe it. And you wonder who else is going to get some fans? Corey, the Sandman, Sandhagen. I mean, I think mm. we all agree this is the title fight, the Bantamweight title fight most of us wanted, especially you. Like, even me, as a Aljo fan, I still think Aljo versus Corey was a great fight, even though we know what Aljo did to Corey and how quickly he did it to Corey. I think Peter Yan versus Corey Sandhagen was the fight we all have wanted, was the fight we all really kind of needed. Like, this is the fight we all really needed to see. We don't need EPO TJ hanging around. We don't need Jose Aldo, you know, geriatric. We needed this. We needed this style of violence. This is it, man. And it's going to be a classic. I really do believe it in Abu Dhabi. I think this is going to be a classic. You got two guys who don't go backwards, which is crazy. Neither one of these guys takes a step backwards. And I think... The issue I have, though, and I know you're not going to agree with me because you're a big, uh, you're a big Yan guy. Sandman is a terrible matchup. He is the worst possible matchup for Peter Yan. No, I don't disagree, actually. And here's why: Peter Yan does he move forward? Certainly, but the way Sandhagen, not the way the arsenal Sandhagen has, and the way of performing it with the spinning elbows, the kick work. I mean the. Kick, it's absurd. Peter Yan is in for the fight of his life. It's going to be that kind of fight, man. I really think that, it, this is our main event. It really is. This is the, this, this is just like people don't really like a lot of people aren't really talking about it. But look at the Frankie Edgar fight. I can see this fight going the same way that Frankie Edgar fight because Frankie tried to put pressure. Yeah. Frankie tried to come forward. And what happened? Corey let him come forward. And then he dropped one of those knees right in there. And we still don't know if Frankie's alive or not. And I think that's the thing. This is this is a ter- this is a terrible matchup. I think Peter Young is better than most of that division. But this matchup is just really bad for him. That's really that's really where we stand. This is just matchups. Matchups and styles make fights, man. Styles make fights. And this is a style that Peter Young really doesn't need. Peter Yan does not need this problem. Peter Yan, the Sanhagen problem, Sanhagen is angry. He he walked right through Marlon Moraes. He killed a man in Freddie Edgar and Frankie Edgar. And now Peter Yan's messed up. He wants his rematch back because we all can agree that loss to Aljo looks so bad now. It was only 90. He was only in the cage with Aljo for 90 seconds, man, and woke up. Yeah, I feel that, but it's like you just mentioned with those last two crazy knockouts. It's those spins, and I think that might be a problem problem for Peter Yan. 
And not only no, that, his, his spin work is proud. And I think I think he learned his lesson in the TJ fight because we all have a case. A lot of people have a case that Corey won that fight against TJ. And I think he won that fight. I think damage matters. So I think we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see the best of Corey yet to come. And I think his rematch against Aljo, I think by the end of the year, Corey Sandhagen is your full champion. Well, not by the end of next year, middle of next year. By June of next year, Corey Aljo happens. And it's gonna be a great fight. You know what's crazy? You're the one that knows. I'm a huge Peter Yan guy. From the bone. But I got Corey Sandhagen on Saturday night. I do. I got, I got this is gonna be a car full of upsets. Yeah, I got Corey Sandhagen on Saturday night. I got I, we gotta take I mean oh. we gotta take the Sandhagen. I mean it his got length you. is cars. His length is a problem, and then he does so good fighting off of his back foot. He's like the opposite of Deontay Wilder. You don't let Corey Sandhagen back up and get you against the cage. If if you were against if you push Corey to his back, you're gonna have a long, long night. But I will say, you're right. And I, what I will say, if Peter Yan does stop the Sandman, then sure as hell I'm getting that Carson Wentz jersey. Like, if he if he finishes or even just beats Sandhagen, Aljo is easy, easy meat. I think I, I think Aljo. I think we got to really see it. I think Aljo's track record is a lot better than Peter Yan's because I think. We really should have saw Peter Yan against Aljo before we saw Peter Yan against Jose Aljo. I think that was the biggest matchmaking mistake in UFC history because Aljo was coming off a loss, and the two top guys in that division were Aljamain and Peter Yan. So I think this the fight the fight should have been happened. I think the first fight we all know what happened, kind of trash, but I think we 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 have a lot of things to see, and I think this fight is going to be this car is going to be. The fact that this card is a warm up to what happens next week, I don't think we de- we don't deserve this. Oh yeah, we do. We pay sixty bucks. We pay probably like sixty times twelve, whatever the hell that is, a month or a year <laughs> to watch violence, baby. We deserve every damn bit of it, and I am happy to have it. And I, mean, I think dude, one thing we need sweet. to talk about that's not going to happen, but that if it happens, the MMA world may blow up. Is if I don't even want to say it out loud, but if Kobe Covington somehow, oh, beats, which just I, I, it sounds so disgusting to say, but if Corey, if Kobe somehow beats Usman, I don't know what's going to happen. Everybody, cue up that I'm gonna head out SpongeBob GIF. Like I just, I, I, man. I, I just don't know what we can do. I, I just don't know what the world's going to do. It, it's, it's, I really do not think it will happen. We saw that fight. It was a great fight. I, and you know I, I hate Kobe Covington, but I've always admitted he's a damn good fighter. But the where Usman is right now, who I believe truly is the number one pound for pound, he's on another planet. I, mean, I don't he's... think Covington's ready for it. I think he finishes Covington this time, Usman. I think he finishes him. I mean, he finished him last time, too. I mean, yeah, but everyone, you know, he got up quick, blah, blah, blah. No, I think he puts him on a stretcher, finishes him type of I, and he has And he has to. But then in the co main event, we got Thug Rose returning in that fight. And Way Lee. It's Lichelle, a rematch. I mean, I personally, I think Rose should be fighting Carla Esparza. I don't think Whaley deserved an immediate title rematch. I agree. Well, it was her title, so I mean, 
Excuse me. She I agree in some she sense. She hadn't of defended the words, that but... title. She hadn't defended the title yet, though. That that was my thing. That's that first... okay. That's a good counterpoint. That that, that was her first Certainly. title defense, and I think that's the only reason why. I mean, but I think that could fight. But I mean, the big the, the fight on the card that everyone's watching really is Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler. I think that's the fight that people really need to. That's the fight everyone wants to see because that's the fight and that should have really, been happening. I really liked Michael's interview. I, I'm not sure who it was with. I don't think it, it was, was Arios. I think it was with Brett. It was with Brett. And okay, yeah, ugh, yes, I, yeah. but he had the interview, and he, you know, what he said, man, it was awesome. You know, he says, I am Gaethje's match, and I, I can't call cap like it, it's straight up to the word fact, I, they are perfectly matched. And I think, I, and I think, I think this could be a trap fight for Justin because I think you know, they both are talking about okay, who's going to take the first step back. I think Chandler Chandler presents a lot of different. I mean, we just talked about it against Hooker. Chandler's pressure isn't pressure most people can see. No, like a lot of people just don't see Chandler's kind of pressure anytime. So I think it's going to be. I think it's one of. I think it's. I think that's that's going to be the fight of the night on that card. Right. I don't think Chandler's going to pressure the way. Certainly, the way he pressured against Hooker and also against Oliveira. Oliveira, I don't think he pressures that way because he he knows he's a match for J, JG, but I don't think he wants to test that power. And I, you know, I I always say that's that Bellator chin. I don't think he wants to test that power. So I think it might get off slow on the ropes. Maybe round one slow, maybe round two, but it's going to get quick and fiery. Someone gets someone gets finished in that fight. I agree. And and in the last week or so, you and I were saying that it was going to be, you know, craziness right off the bat. Someone's getting knocked out first round. I don't think it's going to be first round. I think the first round is going to be slow. I really do. Because they're just so evenly matched. I just want to know who's going to take the first step back. And honestly, I don't know. It might be Justin. Justin's got that power. And you know he will go. He'll go put Chandler on his back. Chandler has power too. I mean, we can't. We yeah, can't but Justin's w- willing to get in a firefight. He's willing to get into a war with you. You know what I'm saying? I still think that Michael has that Bellator chin. I don't think he's willing to be like, all right, you and me, let's go, you know, like Peter Yonda, let's just go move up on each other. Let's throw some haymakers. Let's throw some combos. I don't think he does that, at least not in round one. I think he he might just work that rest that wrestling from Gagey too. I it's going to be an interesting – it's hard to – it's really hard to call. It could go either way. But that's how I'm feeling. I, I, I think that's how you feel. I mean, you got you got Cheeto on that card against Frankie. I guess I guess they want to bury Frankie in New York. You got Shane Burgos against Billy Q on that card. You got the Billy return Q. of – you got the return of Ally Quint on that card. You got mm-hmm. Ian – you got Aaron Gary fighting out of Ireland. I mean, we got – you got some very nice fights on that card. So I think the next thirty fights from the USC, the next two pay per views. Oh man! And, and then we get to end the year on December eighteenth with Amanda catching a murder charge with Jorge against against that guy from London Rocky. that mm-hmm. that no one cares about. That likes that soda. And then you get and then we get to see if Dustin can show that he's the best the best one fifty five in the world, which he's shown. So if Dustin can do it, I think we're. I think we're. I think we're. we're uh, I think Olive, I think you can say that. You should be saying that for the champ. You should change that narration right there, man. 
you should be saying Charles Oliveira is going to prove that he is the best and ride on to a 13 win streak. I don't because I think he does. We got to give him love, man. He's a champ. I know. I mean, he earned it for I mean, some damn reason. Dustin is tweeting and saying he's the champion, which is just baffling. I, I mean, I don't, I don't hate the guy. I think he really is a top three or four fighter on the planet. I think he should have. I, th- I think, I think Dustin took the money, and I think people forgot how good he was. Dustin took the counter fights because he needed, he wanted the money, and now he gets to have a fight for the belt that he's really earned. Dustin has put in the time. He's beat the best of the best in that division. Oh damn straight! It's definitely well earned, but you know every and you've been you say it a few times too. Everyone says it's always it's about you know it's the narration is about Poyer. It's not Charles Oliveira is the champ. He earned it. I mean, he is on one of the greatest streaks, not only in combat but in sports. The dude completely changed his career and life around, and now he's damn near unstoppable, especially in the submission game and on the ground. So unless Poirier knocks him out, I think we see that man keep continue to reign on and on. Brazil getting loud. And I, I, and I think just that that December eighteenth car is going to be great. It is, and it, I, doesn't it have some pretty good first few fights too outside of I mean, the top three? The Sugar Show is on that card. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, Sugar Show is back, and we I all want to see him. We got to see it. I mean, of course, he's facing another. Bozo, I mean the guy. I mean, but this guy's ranked, so let's give him. I mean, we got Cody Nochin on that card as well against Kai Car France, who I think wins. Kai, I think Kai wins that fight. I think um, Amanda. I think they're going to have to have security on that fight because Amanda is going to do very bad, bad, bad things to Juliana Pena, and I don't think it's fair to her. I think that's just not right. I think Pena is not right. The girl was just talking about the, you know, her child, you know, saying that she's better than the lioness. I think it's well deserved, if you ask me. Maybe Jeff, not a murder, but. You got Jeff Neely against Hans Navy on that card as well. And you got Dominic Cruz against Pedro Munoz. Macy Barber comes back. So, I mean, that, that fight card has a lot. I mean, you got Ryan Hall. And it's got a lot of stakes on the line, especially, you know, you just mentioned Macy Barber. She's got a lot on the line. We I mean, have a lot on the line in the main main three fights. And then we got the return of Dan Ige. Dan Ige has just been added to that card as well. So, I mean, we got a lot Ooh. of good fights. 50K, you know, he's all right, always oh. ready to bring up the noise. I mean, we've seen what he just did to Cody Nochin, which, I mean, is – I think everyone does that to Cody Nochin. But, I mean, sorry. he. I mean, sorry, Dan Ige just – his last fight against Korean Zombie was – I mean, it was a unanimous decision that he lost, but – Gavin Tucker, I mean, yeah, he does have the loss to Calvin Cater, but I think he might get a Cater rematch if he wins this fight. Cater's still alive. He's got brain cells. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. That, that, I, mean, I even heard heard from his camp about him. I hope he is doing well. Yeah, the boss. That reminds me. When is this Max Yair matchup? Isn't that coming up next three months? I think no, that's, that's next. No, that's November 13th, I want to say. That's what I was going to say. I thought it was even earlier. I think it's November 13th. I, I want to say, yeah, I want to believe it's November 13th. So we got the blessed one coming back, too. I mean, you can't you can't really draw these fights up. They're just coming, and they're coming fast and furious. Cue the diesel. I mean, this is going to be awesome next two months of fights, or just the, the end of the year. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Be great. And, then, and, then, and then we're going to start the year off with a bang with, 
Francis finally defending his title against some kind of random interim champion. And Do you think that's going to be a bang? I don't know. I think Francis it's sends Ciro gone to the deep, dark depths of hell, personally. I think Ciro, I think Ciro is the future of that division, but I think Francis is going to be angry, and I think we all need to start paying Francis some respect. And when, once people start realizing that Francis just needs to touch you, I think that's the thing about Ciro Gan. Everyone says, you know, he avoids, he's very bouncy. I don't think they're giving Francis power enough credit. And I think once Francis touches Cyril, it's going to be a long, quick night. I think that fight's a clinical warfare and might and be one of the most boring fights of the year. On the same card, you got the trilogy. Brandon Moreno against Figgy. So, we got, I mean, for the next couple months, man, we're going to keep... They, what weight is that at? Is that... That's at 125. I think this has to... I don't like that decision-making, man. I, I don't... I think Figgy deserves it. I mean, because Figgy did defend that title twice. Figgy at 125? Yeah, against Brandon Moreno. A flyweight. That's what they fought last fight. Correct. They're doing a trilogy. We don't want him at 125. I think this has to be Figgy's last fight at 125. It's got to be. I mean, no, he, he needs some muscle on He needs to move up 135. Straight think, up. He just can't. I think that weight cut is really bad because he's all muscle. That weight yeah. So and bad. we saw we saw the effects of that in round two, and that's not that's not any degrade against Moreno's performance. He's a dog, but God of War was <laughs> he was on another planet, and he showed up in that fight against Moreno and just got he got out flexed. So I, I you know it's gonna be tough to call that one. That's gonna be a fight though. One twenty five is interesting. Man, that card's pretty. That card is starting to get stacked up too. I don't think it's full though, right? There's still a few no. slots. A couple fights. I think yeah. if if Sugar Sean finishes someone in December, if he finishes this trash can, I think he right ends up on that card as well. As long as he doesn't throw a hundred punches and break his damn wrist again. You, you mean four hundred? You, you mean you mean four hundred punches? I mean he did hey. he, he did what Max did in three rounds, and Max did it over five rounds. It's just crazy. I mean, I, I'm I get so excited when I see him on the card. Like, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But yeah, we got we got a lot coming for you guys. You know, we'll do some NFL talk here in the next couple days. Next episode, yo. And uh, catch up on that. And and that's really where we sit, man. Yeah, thanks for listening. Another good episode. You know how it is. It's your boy, Spin Cat Podcast. You heard? Yes, sir. You guys have a good one. Happy Halloween. Go green. Thanks for listening to Spin Cat Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to leave a download and tell your friends because Spin Cat is on its way to the top. You heard? Stay true and go green. Thank you.